Welcome to the Horror Host Support Group Podcast, everybody. The podcast and book club for the everyday horror fanatic. I am one of your hosts, uh, Amanda. I'm I'm here. I'm just here. And I'm joined by <laughs> my <Samara>. good sis, <laughs> my partner in horror, Samara, who's also just well, here. How are yeah. you doing? Yeah, you read on mine. I'm like, I, I too am here. Um, <laughs> we're... We are still, well, at least me, I'm still getting over the plague a little bit, but um, I'm pretty much okay. I'm pretty much okay. How are you? Well, you didn't have the true plague. You didn't have Mm-mm. COVID. You had a really gnarly, so we don't want users thinking, users. No, I had oh the God. plague. <laughs> Listeners thinking that you had the cocoa, as my sister no. calls it. I have the other one, the one that's been going around for hundreds of years, which is the common cold, which takes so many people out, apparently. So, Yeah, you had a common cold, like a peasant. Right. <laughs> you didn't uh, I feel have like, the plague, you had something common. Yeah, I feel like COVID would have been so much more, like, elevated and more me. Like, you just gave me something basic and I'm mad about it. Right. Well... You know, we talked last week about how we don't like that word elevated, elevated horror. And the movie we are talking about today is not elevated horror. Most Look at me not. with a segue. Look <laughs> at me. Okay, today. <laughs> so, someone will be like, excuse me, but it is. Um, This is why. Like, argue with your mama. But go ahead. <laughs> don't argue with us. Um, Yeah, just to note, we will be talking about the reformatory. If you are an avid listener slash in the book club and wondering where our episode is about the reformatory, we will be talking about it. But we needed to revisit the text, get our thoughts together so we can bring you a banger of an episode to talk about this wonderful book therefore we today are talking about hell house llc number four mm-hmm. the carmichael manor i believe mm-hmm. um and why neither of us liked it so it's a bit of a bitch bitch track today i can't talk but let's get into it what are your yeah. initial thoughts samara so if we're, if we're going by blackulas i'm rating it two Point five. The point five comes from, you know, a few jump scares that that were in there. I wouldn't call them jump scares. Actually, I think they were kind of clever, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. I was bored. I found myself kind of fast forwarding through it a little bit, which is never a good sign. Not at it, all. It wasn't out of anxiety. It was out of okay. So let's move this along. Like what what else is going to happen? So yeah, two point five Blackulas. It was it was a time. What about you? a time was had um yeah uh I'm going to have to say two black Eulas for me I think because I really enjoy the first two movies the third movie is is very shaky but this last one I had high hopes for because they were visiting the franchise you could tell they had more budget but just didn't give me what I needed Right, right, exactly. Um, same thoughts. I feel like, so let's get into it. Um, if you have never watched any of the Hell House LLCs, please go watch them. Um, I think they're all on Shudder. I think they are. I think are. so, but you I can also get them on Tubi. 
Okay. And on Tubi. Oh, it's free. So yeah, go use Tubi if you don't have Shutter or AMC Plus. Um, yeah, I remember watching the first one somewhere on some streaming platform, underground horror as usual. Um, and so I can't believe we're here at number four. I thought we were done. Yeah. I honestly don't even remember number three. I'm like, when the hell do we get to number four? <laughs> Yeah, I, and that the thing is, is that number three could have been a really great one, but the ending just, the ending was absurd for number three, and I feel like it's very similar for this. So I guess a brief summary of the series, if you've never seen any of the Hell House movies, um, <clears throat> so it's all... The first three movies take place at the Abaddon Hotel in Abaddon, New York. It is titled Hell House LLC because the first movie follows a group of people who travel around the country doing a, a hell house, like a haunted house, basically. And they open up at the Abaddon Hotel and the hotel is haunted and things go sideways. So a lot of the movies is set up, uh, I think all of the movies are set up in a bit of a faux documentary style that's like recounting what happened at this event. And it all stems back to that first, it stems back to the guy who owned the original Ab Abaddon Hotel, Andrew Tully and his shit. And so it's all connected. So it's a true series if they build on top of each other, but this one, the concept to me came out of left field because as a spoiler at the end of episode or yeah, the end of hell house three, the Abaddon hotel is no more. I'm not going to spoil what happens to it, but it's no longer in commission. So then this fourth one being in a completely different hotel threw me a little bit because it's at the Carmichael Manor. It's not even hotel. Mm -hmm. It's at a house. I was going to say like an Airbnb. Right. They were, so the main, so I, you know, Amanda, you know, I'm bad with names, especially when I only watch the film or read the book once. Um, but we have our three main characters, right? You're the best with names. We have a couple. Yeah. So the couple I mean, is Margot and Rebecca. Um, and then <clears throat> Margot is the girl with the questionable Bob. Mm -hmm. Rebecca is her, her black girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And her brother's Chase, who yeah. seems to be having some kind of mental mental health issue mm -hmm. at this point. Mar Margot's brother, Chase. Yeah, Margot's so, brother. It, originally, it was just going to be Margot and her girlfriend. Um, mm -hmm. But then Margot's like, hey, actually, we need another person. Like, we need another person to document this. Let's bring my brother in. And, of course, the girlfriend is like, mm. Rebecca's like, mm. You know hesitant of course because of chase's background but he you know it happens anyway he, he pulls up and they they end up staying at the carmichael manor um what i really found i don't know like the whole movie i was just waiting for the other shoe to drop and it didn't uh but when they first get there the caretaker i think the house was in his family mm -hmm. um in some way or another he's like he was super duper welcoming i was like oh so we know get a harbinger huh <laughs> you know yeah. you're waiting for like certain things no harbinger he's like yeah my family owns it da, da, da. and it's well it's really well kept up like 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing really wrong with it. Um, like you said, they re- I think they rented out as an Airbnb or maybe for tours, but obviously the family got enough money to keep the estate up and beautiful, not just running, but beautiful. Uh, and so they, you know, the, the guy's like, yeah, you can stay here. However many nights you need to do, you could do your, your little show. Cause they're ghost hunters, right? They're there to document a phenomenon, like strange phenomenon in supposedly haunted houses and Carmichael Manor is supposed to be haunted. Um, that's the whole point. And it just, I don't know. I was late for the Harbinger. Didn't happen. So, okay, fine. They want to go a different route. Um, and then, you know, we, the brother, they allude to his issues. So we know something is going to pop off and they're going to use that excuse. It was just so predictable is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Very predictable. We knew like Margot being the one who's like the head bitch in charge of the stuff as far as the ghost hunting was going to be very adamant about staying. Rebecca had her own job, her own life. And so we knew Rebecca was going to be more resistant and be like, actually, this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. I actually want to settle down and do my career. It was just, I just sat there for like the first 15 minutes of the movie. I was like, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And you were right. Yeah. And I was right. So that's my take (laughs) on like the beginnings of the film. Yeah. Um, So I agree. I think I think one of the things that frustrated me the most about this movie is that it's following a character who we don't we only hear tangentially in the whole series. So as I mentioned, the, the Abaddon Hotel is no longer in commission. This is at the Carmichael Manor, following which is the site of a double homicide. And two people still missing. That ha- the homicide happened in the eighties. The two people are still presumed missing. The movie set in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. And Margot is trying to investigate this homicide because she's like, um, I guess a YouTuber or something that goes to like true crime haunted places and documents them. And so I- I'm like. They're like, oh, Patrick Carmichael, who's one of the the people presumed missing. I'm like, who? Who? Right. (laughs) Like, I am not, I, I, Hell House, Hell House LLC, that's a mouthful today. It's called Carmichael, yeah. Like, the first one's one of my comfort watches. It's absurd. It's a little B-movie, but the jump scare is the jump scare, and it's a, I'll revisit it. But I I'm not steeped enough in the lore to really go, oh, Patrick Carmichael, this is this guy. He had been like an employee at the Abaddon Hotel. And the movie is trying to connect to this larger conspiracy that like Margot was targeted as a kid and then her coming back, it's like full circle, like the house chose her. And I just, I don't think that they they built the world enough and built the plot and story up enough to that for that to be compelling. I wanted, if it was going to be set at a different location to just be completely unrelated to the other movies. Um, because we know that the Hell House crew visited and did this at different houses. So it would have been wild if this was like, oh, another Hell House thing. Right. That would have been you better. Know? It would have been more cohesive with the rest of the series um Mm -hmm. side note 
do you remember when I kept talking about that one ghost hunt? Since we're talking about ghost hunters, that was that one ghost hunting um, found camera film where they went into the asylum and you know they locked themselves in, they couldn't get out, and there was no daytime, like it's day at nighttime the whole time. Uh, Yeah. I just remember the name, and Oh, what is for it? those who really want to know, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Grave Encounters. Wow, that is Yes. incredibly simple. Wow, I okay. know, I know. So for those who were wondering in the last episode, like, what the fuck was I talking about? Grave Encounters. Literally just thought of it, wrote it down, and was waiting. So, <laughs> one and two. But I love that one. But anyway, back to Carmichael Man. <laughs> Amanda's like, oh, God, why? Why didn't No, we? you're good. <laughs> um, okay, so what am I saying here? Okay, so basically what happens is they go to Rebecca and Marco go to this house. You know, we're getting commentary from the documentary people about, you know, they thought this would be this way and the da da that kind of leads off and we see their experience. Mm -hmm. Chase comes to the house and Rebecca and Margo go. I don't know, run some errands, go antiquing, whatever, leaving Chase at the house by himself. Margo's insistent that everybody has a camera. So he's cutting up initially in the house, making weird videos, and then he starts to hear something. We get Mm -hmm. our first set of jump scares. These, to me, were the most effective jump scares in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was not moved. Yeah. The creepy, like, hand coming around the corner and then, like, the face peeking. I was like, absolutely. And it was slow because at first you're just looking at the hallway and you're like, what am I looking at? And then a movement, like a really quick, like, not quick, but, like, slow movement. Like, a hand suddenly comes into view and, like, the face. And I was like, no. No. And then I think it was, like, clown shit, too. You know, people are... Yeah. People are weird, including me, about, like, clowns. I'm like, mm, I'm not afraid, but it's easy to make them creepy to me. Right. So the clown shit happens. There's this house. This, it's a manor, right? Any house that's called a manor, you know it's going to be big. This manor has multiple rooms. There's one room that's locked. What do we know in horror movies? The locked room is always going to come unlocked. Mm-hmm. So the room is locked, but... When Chase hears a noise, he goes out into the hallway and sees that the room is unlocked. Like he can see the shadow from, you know, or the the light from the window on the hallway that, hey, you know, this door's room's unlocked. And then he hears a creaking sound. And then he sees a shadow of somebody standing. And that's when I said, fuck you. Because I was like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. And he has to walk past this room to get out. That's what did it for me. It's not like he could dip the other way. He had to walk Mm -hmm. past this room to go downstairs. Exactly. And so he does like get up the courage to actually go check it out somehow. I'd have peed myself. Um and (laughs) and so he goes into the room and obviously no one's in there. But they give us a double whammy. So, you know, there's clowns and then there's mannequins. They gave us mannequin clowns. <laughs> Several in one room with like white sheets and stuff all over everything. And I'm like, no, no, they are wrong for that. They knew that's like a specific fear. They kind of tapped into that. So I think they were really smart to do that because everything else was kind of subpar, but like 
those kind of jump scares, pretty smart. Yeah, I, I would agree. So the hand, so as Mara saying, the hand around the corner and then the face peeking out. And I think part of what made that scary is that it didn't just happen instantly. It, there, it lingered. It lingered on the shot. He turned away, turned back. The hand and the face were still there. And then when it moves, it just moves away very slowly in the same way it came. So then you're just standing there like, okay, this thing is not trying to come for him. It's not chasing after him. It's not doing the whole, he looks away, turns around, and it's standing right in front of him. So then he goes into the room and there's nothing there, obviously, Mm -hmm, right? Of course. Um, yeah. And so then he hears, you know, Rebecca and Margot coming home, like coming back to the manor. You know, they they come in talking loud and blah. And he's like, I can't remember if he said anything to them. I think, I think he, he brought told them, them up to the and clown I think he room. Sh he showed them because I mean he had the footage. Mm -hmm. Um, but but Rebecca, of course, is taking this a lot more seriously than Margot is. Yeah. She's fascinated by it. <sighs> it's that you know. Caucasian courage, I guess. Yeah. Her brother, though, he's like shaking like fucking Don nuts. Like, he don't want to be there. Nah. And so then we start to, you know, we have the obligatory. They're sleeping at night. They're hearing noises. They're checking it out. Blah, blah, blah. We get several scenes where, you know, Margot's telling us what happened to the Carmichael family. Uh, that the mother and the sister were and one of the daughters were unalived mm -hmm. like months after the oldest sister was unalived in a car accident so right completely separate and patrick was the one driving the car that night so he felt all his guilt personality changed he and the father are still missing Margot's assuming that mm -hmm. the father unalived everybody and hid patrick's body and then disappeared She never once thinks that it could have been Patrick, even after she finds out that he had worked at the Abaddon Hotel. Mm -hmm. They start to find these artifacts that from this old the clock that was in the Abaddon, because there were a few mm -hmm. things that could have been salvaged. Mm -hmm. And they bring them back to the manor. And I was like, first of all, mm -hmm. why are you touching these things? And then why are you, Rebecca? Why are you? bringing them back to a I secondary her, location. I hold her more accountable because she black. She knew better. Mm. And I'm like, yes. who wrote this? Nobody black. <laughs> well, I told you when we were ta first talking about this that I thought that they wrote the role and then when they cast a black woman, they didn't revisit. No. They definitely didn't because we'd been like, Hey, so I'm going to catch the next flight out. As a matter of fact, I'm not staying. I'm just going to sleep at the um at the airport. Like, that would have been us. Or maybe we wouldn't win oh. at all, honestly. Yeah. I mean, let's put a pin in that because I feel like mm -hmm. that's one of the most annoying aspects of this movie is mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. But let's get to kind of one of the other, I think, effective jump scares, even though it's pretty predictable, it was still pretty effective. Which is Rebecca is I think she's a real estate agent or some something like that. This is she's my favorite a, one. <laughs> she's having a Zoom call. She's having a Zoom call with a client, right? 
And so she's showing her all of these photos of these different houses. And then the photos start to change and they become the Abaddon Hotel. And the client is like, oh, this is great, but I didn't want something furnished. I didn't want this. It looks a little run down. And Rebecca, of course, is freaking out because this is not what she prepared. And then the photos switch again. And we start to see the Carmichael Manor up the stairs, up to the room, mm-hmm. a shot of Rebecca from behind. So we see her hair in the computer. And we know that it's this day that we see somebody in the room next to her. And she's looking around and then there's a photo. I think the last one is her looking to her right or whatever, Mm -hmm. where in the photo there had been somebody and there being a face just right there. Right there. Right there in the photo. That was pretty effective. That was crazy. Um, And then her computer just like shuts down. So that's the last thing that her employer sees. Mm -hmm. Like, dang. That was scary to me. Yeah. I do remember being like, yo, is that her back in real time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that was effective. And I feel like it's something they only could have done because they got more budget. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously with technology, because this series started in like 2008. Mm-hmm. However. um, Man, I feel like you don't need a big budget for that particular jump. Um, It just needs to be well thought out. and. They did good. They did good with that one. So, oh yeah, Carmichael Manor brought the jump scares. That's all it brought, though. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it brought us, you know, the same thing that happens in every found footage, right? Every horror, but found footage. There's, you know, the you're. Why do we have to have the camera on at all times? The obligatory turn the camera off. We're gonna have this argument. The whole, you know, investigating things at night. Somebody disappears. The, you know, Rebecca ends up being the one who's mostly like, we need to go. This is too long. And then when Chase disappears, she's like, let's dip. I'm not trying to stay. Let's go. And she lets Margot consistently talk her into staying longer. At first, it's like, okay. Let's stay for an hour and see mm-hmm. if we can. Let's stay till dark. Okay, well, we're here at dark. Let's stay till tomorrow morning. Okay, tomorrow morning. I'm not going to yeah. leave my brother. And then they get in the car and the car don't work. Of course it don't. I was so upset. I was like, um, if your brother's missing, like I get about his past, but like if, if, if you're an adult and you miss him for 48 hours, that's a call to the cops. I don't know why... And you know this place is creepy, weird shit's been happening, and all of a sudden he just disappears? No. I'd have called. I'd have called the cops uh, after at least 48 hours. That's how long I would have waited. So I was very confused about Margot not mm-hmm. the cops in that particular situation. Like, if they were back home and he just, like, pulled the same shit up and, like, all right, he's just off on a bender. Like, we get it. But... Yeah, no, not at Carmichael Manor. Um, Rebecca, I'd have left her ass. Like, if I was Rebecca, I'd have been like, well, I don't feel comfortable. I'm going to go ahead and go home. Um, And then when you're done here, you know, wrap up and then you can follow me. But I can't stay here. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no fucking way. <laughs> no, I would have There's stayed. no excuse. <laughs> 
There's no well, excuses. Be, and then Margot gets starts throwing stuff at in her face, right? Like Rebecca is like, "This is the last." I think they had already set up that this is the last time Rebecca was gonna, you know, do this with her because she's trying to build her own career. And so she, I think Margot is already feeling sensitive, like, oh, why you got to focus on you? We're supposed to focus on me. And then when Rebecca wants to leave, Margot starts like throwing in her face. Well, you didn't even want to be here in the first place. And you this and I'd be like, you're damn right. I didn't want to be here then. And I don't want to be here now. So fuck you. I hope your brother's fine. As for me, I am leaving. Right. As for me and mine. As for me, I'm about to turn up in this airplane because I need to go. <laughs> right. But the car doesn't work. So then they end up falling asleep in the car only to see some weird shit happening at night that pushes them back in the house. Creepy stuff happens in the house. The next day, They're trapped. when they finally decide to leave, mind you, two, three days. Now, this is all happening in the span of five days because they only had the airbnb for five days mm -hmm. and the previous the guy who walked them through was like oh yeah nobody's had issues here like five star reviews ain't nobody had issues mm -hmm. you know whatever so then when they try to leave they start walking on foot and i had another issue with this okay so first of all if you're walking in the woods on foot and mm -hmm. you're unfamiliar why would you a not bring some kind of weapon like, you know, the house, I'm sure, had a had a bat, had, like, a fireplace poker or right. something. Because what if you come across a bear or whatever? Or any, yeah. Why would you not have tried to search the house for a map? You That's know, because the GPS wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And then, why would you not have left some kind of breadcrumb on the ground behind you, around you, whatever? Right, like X in the tree, something. My also my thought was why go to the why go in the woods and not stick to the road? Yes. If you're trying to leave like on foot, why would we go into the woods? Like why is that the you think it's a cut through? No, no, no. We take the road. The same road they've been driving in and out of, like for yep. four days, four or five days. I was very confused. Yep. Like you've done that enough. And of course, the movie needed that to happen because at one point they come across a group of people in, you know, hoods that are like portal jumping, supposed to be cultists, right? Because that's a big conceit in this series, which they end up luring them back to the house. Now, that would have been more effective, in my opinion, if they had met them on the road, because then it would have showed your fate is unavoidable. Even if you do everything right, you're walking on the road. You have weapons. It is daylight. You have flashlights just in case. We are still going to catch you because your fate's unavoidable, baby. But no. Exactly. They catch them in the woods and then Margot, her scream also just just took, took me out. The actress's <laughs> scream. Like, that's really petty for me. But I just... Yeah, right, right here, right well, behind my ears. Like, if you're gonna be in a horror movie, you gotta have a good scream. It's like one of the requirements. A good scream, a good yell. Just like her bob, her scream, and her yell was questionable. Not the bob.
I'm sorry. It was a also it was the, a fuck, the fuck ass call. The chemistry between Margot and Rebecca just wasn't there for me. No. It was like inclusivity for inclusivity's sake. I don't know the actresses. I haven't looked them up. It does seem like it's a possibility that it's two straight women playing a queer couple, which yep. does happen. And sometimes can happen and their chemistry chemistries. It's not like it's a, you know, that doesn't happen. However, <sighs> there was there was nothing. They gave us nothing. nothing. Now go girl, give us nothing. <laughs> I was like, are they best friends or are they together? And how long have they been together? It didn't it just wasn't good enough. I think they threw in like yeah. bickering to give us like that couple feel because couples bicker but I was like that's all they do they don't really there's no little touches looks glances was that because they're bad actresses or like what was it yeah. just the material that they worked with just wasn't enough maybe a combination of all those things honestly yeah I mean it's also it also could be a function of people who are not Queer writing that type of relationship and trying to make it like this is different, but it's like literally we love very similar, <laughs> if not the same. You know exactly. It's <laughs> like not we're not aliens. Like yes, we cuddle. Yes, we hold hands. Yes, we have those same glances and stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. They just didn't sell me as a couple. Mm-mm. They seem like besties who were like in this together until one is like actually I want to do real estate and now there's like tension that's what it felt like right and I think that that would have so let's we talked about the movie uh they both die right sorry spoilers they both die we come to we find out that Margot has a connection to this house and the Carmichael's and the Abaddon Hotel and then at the very end we find out that the main clown person in all of the movies is patrick carmichael which is the connection as mm-hmm. in every movie there's this clown who kind of menaces and we find out that it's patrick whatever right and that he was the one who killed his family boom done okay if you and i were to redo this movie let's talk about a little bit about what we would do differently what would you do differently? Mm-hmm. I definitely would have made it so that they tried everything they possibly could to escape to make it more foreboding. Like, no matter what you do, no matter who you call, you cannot get out of this. Like, I need it to be like that. Like, every possibility that you could think of in your panic addled mind just mm-hmm. did not work out. And so you're doomed. Also, um, I think the like they they find out how her brother dies, I believe. Then they like find this tape yeah, or there's, something. There's yeah, but yeah, that that actually was really kind of that was actually kind of sad to me. The way he was like pleading for his life, like I'm gonna go, please, please, you know. He was so scared. I wish that they'd heard that. Like I wish the door had been locked and they were trying to like get to him. Just mm-hmm. to like add it, add something to it. Well, and I think, I think the other thing is, 
like you have this character who it's not fully exact it's not fully explained what is wrong with him but it's clear that either he's dealing with some kind of addiction or mental health like acute mental health crisis so why would you why is that important to his character I think that that's the other thing for me because it's not that it didn't play a role if you I don't think it was alcohol addiction because he's sitting there drinking and like they never said anything to him about it. And if he's super anxious, why would you put somebody in a situation where they're by themselves or they're in an unfamiliar territory? So I wish that it would have been like, hey, this is my brother who's kind of a bit of a, a flake, a bit of a, you know, mm-hmm. lazy ass. He can't really hold down a job. He has no ambitions. Kind of like if they were trying to make it like that he's right just unreliable like one day i he <clears throat> we thought he was missing but really he was partying up in rio like and then showed up at thanksgiving totally fine like something like that but yeah. i think i think it might have been drugs the way that they were kind of dancing right which again is is one of those things that like when you are creating a character backstory how does it relate to does it does it take away from the story? Does it add to it? Is it essential? Do they learn something or have something in their past that feeds into what they're doing now? And I just don't think from a storytelling perspective, him having those issues added to what we were watching. So I would take that away, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. It was just, I just think his character wasn't flushed out enough. He just was like an add-on. Mm-hmm. near guy and and like oh if if the creepy clown can take down the big bad guy then the women have no chance is what i was getting yeah i'm like okay well um cool next like <laughs> next kill <laughs> right i think if i were to redo this i would not have had it tied back to patrick i think i would have kind of rebooted the series maybe had some references to Mm -hmm. hell house like i would have considered the first three movies its own thing and then i would have done this next one as you know um even if you do hell house llc like it's separate for lack of a better reference like a american horror story kind of thing the first three seasons or movies you consider like one season of ahs and then this is like the next one right Hell House LLC for um, some place in Florida or wherever the fuck. And it's a new group of people. We're starting the Hell House brand. Look at us. Or even some like a former Hell House employee going to another place that's also haunted with new terrifying scares. Even if you want to keep the clown thing, a new clown, you know? Yeah, it this this one was so unnecessary. <laughs> the thing I would have really changed was not making it at all. <laughs> it was just super unnecessary. Like I don't, I think it was fine. Hell, the third one to me was unnecessary. Like they could have just kept it at the one and the two. Yeah, honestly, like one and two. But you know, p- people get like ideas. They get a little greedy. They're just like, we should make a four. And it's crazy because usually the fourth in a franchise is usually my favorite. This one was not. Is the fourth Scream movie your favorite? 
it's tops for me. Yes. So, really? so for me, like three and four are neck and neck. Oh, well, I really enjoy three. It's it's a camp classic yeah. for sure. I love Halloween four. Mm -hmm. I love um, Nightmare on Elm Street four. It's weird. I'm just into four when it comes to horror for the most part. This wasn't it though. That was sad. Breaking my street. <laughs> <laughs> breaking it yeah um i think four and scream not to talk about it but i think that was the first no no it was was it the first one where we get two killers no what no scream four girl no they've been had two killers oh wait i'm crazy you're right he's the only one two three killer yeah yeah homeboy from freaking felicity i'll never get over that shit <laughs> okay, never mind. Scratch that then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in, but like, scratch that from your memory. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, wait, yeah, that's right. Duh, there were two in the first one. Where was I? It's okay. We'll chalk it up to sick brain. <laughs> you and that common sure. cold. <laughs> common, co common, beyond cold. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I couldn't figure out the movie's name was Grave Encounters like <laughs> I'm ashamed yeah I mean I don't really have anything else to say about this mm -hmm. movie it was not my favorite made me sad if they redo another one hopefully they consider doing a bit of a reboot um and I also fully wish that you know, hey, you have a black character, maybe have a black writer in the room because they could have maybe told you that we she do would that have shit. <laughs> moved differently. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They just threw her in there. They're like, oh, you know, this character. I'm like, okay. I just, yeah, no, I don't know what's going That's that's a phenomenon we should probably talk about. It's just like having black stand-ins on like with characters that were clearly written not with a black person in mind. Mm -hmm. And then nobody oh. going back to be like, oh, let me fix it actually, because we put you Brandy mean, in here. So you mean Omar Epps in uh Scream 2? Yeah. He didn't last. Yeah, but he like the his whole arc is that he hears some weird noise and puts his head to the bathroom yeah. stall. We don't do that. We'd be like, ugh. <laughs> We leave totally. <laughs> and like, get out, but like, they do something weird in there. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, definitely. The. I feel like LL did really well in both Deep Blue Sea. Mm -hmm. Like, whoever wrote LL's character in Deep Blue Sea, I was like, all right. And his character in Halloween H2O. Yes. Yes. I wish he would do more horror. I feel like LL was meant for this. Plus, I just I, like looking I, at him. Both <laughs> facts. Yeah, I'd love to see him in horror. There's so many I'd love to see in horror. You know who I'd love to see in a horror movie? Who? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I would love to. Yes. I just love looking at him anyway. However, I would love to see him in a horror movie. I would love Did to you see imagine him, him as like a villain. <laughs> see, yeah, like a vampire. I would love to see him as a villain. Mm 
And then I would love to see him as like the concerned father in a haunted house something. I'd love to see him as the kind of like Klaus type villain where mm. it's an anti-hero bit. There's villainous moments where he's not good. He doesn't pretend to be good. He's not like, I'm not here to save you. And then he just happens to save you. I, I, that's the vibe that I see him as because yeah. he has that air of like. Mm. It's, like the, it's like this Korean movie that I watched. I think it was called like the man from nowhere where he like literally doesn't care about anything. He just like go about his day chilling. Don't pay attention to nothing. Um, there's like this little cute girl in his building. Who's always like, hi, you know, you know, she's super cute, adorable. And he completely ignores her until like this gang, like kidnaps her. And they're definitely going to like sell her on the black market. And he's like, he come out of retirement hunty. He's like, uh, uh-uh, I gotta do something. Uh, uh-uh. uh, I got his hmm. nobody's like her mom like her mom's like on crack and dead you should watch it I think it's called the man I think it's called the man from nowhere in English but in Korean it's just like Mr. like Ajishi and I was like you gotta find her you can't let this little girl go to the black market like oh, he, like, he yeah. like fucks some shit up it's I okay. see him in that type of role as well yeah yeah very very Liam Neeson yes but darker like a Liam Neeson John Wick Mm -hmm. vibe I need horror though like it's got to be like a vampire mob or something or like like, a werewolf pack yes we let's do look we're giving people werewolves werewolves. we're giving people ideas are we giving Hollywood ideas we should probably stop (laughs) we've given ourselves ideas it's not like we're not writers ourselves true that all right but should we wrap it up we'll have nothing else to say about hell house number four carmichael <laughs> manor because it was that sad unremarkable the words of amanda it made you sad <laughs> it did make me sad you know look uh if you were looking for something that's very big movie you put on in the background jump a little bit here and there don't have to pay too much attention then it's it's fine Um, If you are looking for, hey, I want to be scared, I want to feel unsettled in my own home, then don't go with this one. Watch the first one, you know, maybe the second and keep it pushing. That's what I have to say. All right, so let's wrap this up. Big announcement. The Horror Support Group will be collaborating with Fifth House Collective to bring you the We Love Indie Horror Book Box. We are currently accepting book submissions for the box. You must be a BIPOC author who publishes their work independently to be eligible. The first box no longer drops in March. We're going to have to push it back. Um, The first one will drop in October of this year. So more info and the submission form can be found in our bio on our Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and no longer Twitter under Horror Host Support Group, Ho spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just click the link in the description on our Insta and you're there. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the name Amanda B. Weaver and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author, the spelt with two E's. You can also find me on all of the same platforms under the name Reads 2 And don't forget to check out my indie book box, uh, fifthhousecliff.com. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.